See, I can't just leave that there. <laughs> Lord, help me. Amen. The Scripture says itself that no Scripture, none, Old Testament nor New, is left for personal interpretation. No person, no matter how many PhDs or no matter what they have, no matter what they think of themselves or what other people think of them, they are not allowed to reinterpret this thing or twist it or bend it or anything else like that, including me, especially me. Hallelujah. So that's why we, we, we search the Scriptures and we allow Scripture to interpret Scripture and Holy Spirit to bring us. Amen? Okay, hallelujah. Okay, so now again, in that same vein, along the lines of last week, in John chapter 14, Jesus speaking to His closest disciples, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. My brothers and sisters, again, the Scripture and Jesus' words, the Word became flesh, Old Testament, New Testament, we all need, all of it, my brothers and sisters, must be, must be interpreted by itself through Holy Spirit. We only understand what the Word says because of Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And also in John 16, beginning in verse 5, But now I go away to Him who sent me, and none of you asks, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Look at verse 7 with me. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I tell you what? The truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. And when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Amen? So now remember, my brothers and sisters, we're going to go now into uh, 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, we've been studying together on our adult Bible study on Wednesdays. And uh, these all things are connecting for me, and I hope it is for you as well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Look at verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Remember again, all of our strongholds, all of them begin in the mind. It all starts in the thought process. Amen? Hallelujah. And so look at verse 6. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And remember also now, I want to remember, go back to what we just read in John, where Jesus, when, it, when He has come in verse 8, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Uh, my brothers and sisters, if you notice, these two are connected. The two verses are connected. I drew that arrow. Now, I am not trying to stretch the truth. I'm not trying to go sideways. We know in Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians, Paul is absolutely positively bringing correction to the church. And you notice what he's saying. Uh, again, let me just read it, and as you can see it, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When your obedience is fulfilled, now you are able to, number one, see the, the correction. You see the Spirit working in your life. You understand the Word. You're able now to live it out, and now you can help your brother. Listen, you tell the truth in love to your brother. This is speaking, my brothers and sisters, specifically, I believe, to um, uh, church, to the church to church discipline, to brothers and sisters helping each other. But, I, but it can't be helped. We're all human, whether we, uh, whether we do it in the church or whether we do it outside the church. I think that John 16 and, and verse 8 also ties to that. Let me, show, let me explain why. When He has come, Holy Spirit, living in you through Him, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. My brothers and sisters, this word, lived through you, is what really brings conviction. This brings conviction. 
Come on, many of you have, have noticed this. Even in churches, my brothers and sisters, there are people who um, pick out or denote people who are, you know, just, they go a little overboard. Come on now, someone help me preach. Because uh, if, if you don't help me preach, I'm going to get more excited and start spitting and spewing up here. But, but just tell me you know what I'm talking about. It happens in churches. Come on. Don't let me remind you about Brother Glover. I'm, I'm telling you, when I was in a church, there was a, a, a man, he happened to be African American, he sat in front of that church, and when that preacher was preaching, he would be shouting, Hallelujah! And there, it bothered people. It bothered people. He would, he would shout, and I've got to be honest with you, it distracted me a few times, and I was thinking, but then I heard the man's testimony. Amen. That man, he went on the streets, and he ministered to young people. And he was, and a drug dealer tried to run him down one day in a car. And he just, there was no place he could run. He stood there and he said, in the name of Jesus. And that car stopped. My brothers and sisters, you well, no, my brothers and sisters, that man had a testimony. So when he sits in the front of that church and he wants to say, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen? So my brothers and sisters, so there's this, these things, we look at each other. We're jealous of each other, or or we look at each other kind of with a, a slant eye, and, and as, to, as if to say, "Where are you coming from?" or whatever. My brothers and sisters, what about the people in the world, and especially our young people who want to live godly when they're going to high school, when they're going to college, or when they're doing anything, when they don't want to watch certain things or they want to participate in certain things. My brothers and sisters, what happens is the humans and human nature it provokes a response, and again, not always positive. So this, this, this scripture, this word is true. There's, there's something that's happening. So now, when that person, when you or I are filled with the Holy Ghost and we're living the word that we know, that be, my brothers, we're preaching the gospel by Holy Spirit. And so that Holy Spirit now is, is there to be seen. And now there's going to be a, a response from the outside. Again, I'm, I know I'm repeating myself, not always positive. Right? So it's having its effect. If the word is true, it's saying exactly what it said. Here's part of our problem. This is one of those strongholds now. Because we get a response, and it might not be that response that we like, what does that do to us? Does it cause us to have discouragement? Does it cause us maybe not to be as loud with our life? Are you feeling me? See, that can become a stronghold. Do we, st- do we kind of set back? Do we kind of calm this thing down just a little bit? We're not going to be as boisterous. And I don't mean shouting from your office out into the hallway, Jesus is Lord! No, I'm talking about, my brothers and sisters, living your life and not doing the things that you shouldn't be doing, but darn sure giving God the glory for all of the things that He's blessed you with and all of the things that you should be doing, empowering you to do them. Hallelujah! Amen? So, so, do we back off on that just a little bit? When the Lord, when the Holy Spirit is prompting us and you're in the middle of, of lunch and someone's saying something and you know it's burning in you, you've got the answer, but mm, I, I might be looked at differently. See, that's a stronghold. Are you with me? Now, I know that many of you in this room, you're going to sit here right now and you're going to say, no, that ain't me, I'm bold. I'm okay, but you can't tell me that that hasn't happened to you before. All right? And maybe it happened a long time ago. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Maybe you're as bold as a lion right now. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Awesome. Pray for those of us who still struggle. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, but my brothers and sisters, again, 
Maybe we're not going to get that next promotion if we come across as too holy or as too much of a Christian in this workplace. Come on, right? All right, so, so my brothers and sisters, that becomes a stronghold. When, once we start to do that, it then we're, we're, that the enemy has built a stronghold. He's put something up in there, and we have to tear that down. Amen. We can't do it without God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now, um, let's go back, uh, my brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm going to just go to 1 John 5. 1 John 5. I'm not going to be there long. Just one scripture. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You see that? Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I know I'm repeating. I know everybody in this room and certainly many that are watching online. Now the camera's back there. Many who are watching online understand what I'm about to say. When, when, when that scripture says that... Um, the, the victory that overcomes the world is but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That throws people for a loop. I know that there are many people, and, and I even have relatives uh, up north that believe that Jesus is just the Son of God. And then they look at things like that, and that justifies. It throws them off as far as the Trinity. No, no, no. When that is being said, that is absolutely positively making Jesus God. That's what that means. And I'm going to tell you, my brothers and sisters, the Jews of his day, in that, in that, name, in that day, that's, they knew exactly when Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, they knew exactly what he was saying. They wanted to kill him for it. Why? Because he was claiming to be God's only offspring? No, because he was claiming to be equal with God. He was God. I want there to be no misgivings or no misunderstandings whatsoever when we come across Scripture like this. So when this says, he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, this is what this means. It doesn't just mean that now you have this mental disposition, or now Pastor Tony told me what that actually means. It means that he is God in the flesh. Yes, all of that is true, but here's what it means. That I believe that everything that he said was absolute truth. I believe that he is the revelation of God in the flesh, and I believe that he fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecies. And I believe, my brothers and sisters, that everything he said that would happen will happen. I believe that he is God, and I believe that now because he lived, I can live also, but I live according to the life that he led now. That, all that means believe, yep, absolutely positively. No longer me, but Him. Right? Remember Galatians 20. One of my top five, baby. One of my top five. 220, excuse me. Hallelujah. So now, again, I'm going to fire some scriptures at you, but then then I'll start to preach. I haven't started preaching yet. In Colossians chapter 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things... Come on, above, not on things on earth, for you died. See, no longer me, but him. For you died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear also with him in glory. My brothers and sisters, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. There's the key. How am I going to break these strongholds? Well, first of all, I'm not going to worry about Joe, Bim, Bob, whoever they are that are making fun of me or criticizing me. I'm not worried about their response anymore. Now, I would be lying to you if I told you that what people think of me and how people react to me never gets on my nerves and never bothers me. Sometimes, it does. Sometimes I just want to smack them. But I'm telling you the truth. I'm just being honest with you. I, I'm not saying it'd be funny. I'm saying that there's still have, there's, there's some work that needs to be in there. That's the old New Jersey in me. Let's just say That's just in me. It's still it's working out of me. 
it's working out of me. I, I, don't, I haven't smacked anybody in a good long time. I'm just teasing you. But you understand what I'm saying to you. It wells up. See? Now watch. If I think about the things of God, put God first, I'm no longer worried about what man can do to me or what man can say about me. I'm more concerned with what God thinks of me and I know He loves me. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm more concerned about pleasing Him and not being a man pleaser. That doesn't mean I'm out to offend people. The Bible also tells me as much as I'm able to do it, live peaceably among all men. That doesn't mean for me to, listen, it doesn't mean for me to go ahead and compromise and do the same thing that they're doing, but it just means everything that I can do within God, within living in Christ, live peaceably. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad we all agree on that. In Ephesians now, let's go to Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse 4. But God, hallelujah, but God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. My brothers and sisters, again, Pastor Tony, if you've been with me however many, look, the definition of grace and the definition that like some of these famous people want to say and all these grace outlets, the greasy grace, the grace is the safety net to catch you because after all you're not perfect and you're going to make a mistake and grace got you. No, grace is, again, God giving you His power, giving you His Spirit so that you can do, understand what He says and that you could do what He says. That's grace. Even though you didn't deserve God to partner with you, He did it because He loved you. That's what grace is. And so now if we see in this thing, I want to draw your uh, attention again. uh, For by grace you have been saved, verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Listen, God can show me all the favor that He wants to. In fact, He did, but I have to receive it. It's just like what He did on the cross. What He did on the cross cannot cover my sins unless I believe it. Uh Uh-oh. Are you with me? So, the faith and the grace have to work together. Without faith, grace does nothing for me. Did you hear me? Alright? So, I know that many of you have, well, who, who didn't know that? Well, I'm not sure because the way it's been preached and taught and the way things approach it, I don't know if we totally understand that. Because one will not work without the other. In fact, the faith that I have, I've been dealt the measure of faith by God. It says that scripturally. Somebody back me up. I have faith. The the very ability to believe in Him, He helped me with. Are you with me? See, my brothers and sisters, again, you cannot, the love and the mercy and the grace of God means absolutely nothing unless I have faith. And by the way, I'm going to say this again. The, The love and the mercy of God mean nothing without justice, righteousness, and holiness. I don't care about love and mercy if there's no such thing as justice, righteousness, and holiness. I don't need it. Are you with me? So there's got to be this, this two-sided thing here. And in, in order for the grace of God to be active in my life, in order for the grace of God to have effect on my life, it has to be faith activated. I have to believe it, trust in it. And I have to know about it. Amen? I was thinking about this. So this may be a goofy... I got this quarter. We have vending machines where, where, where Steve and I work. So, on, so we've got heads on this side, tails on that side. So now, if I were to go ahead and, and I would just go ahead and eliminate one side. Let's say I got sandpaper and I eliminated all of the, the writing and all of everything on one side of this coin. I eliminated all of it. It was just smooth. 
and I put that in the machine. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. It'll spit it right out. If I did, okay, let me try it a different way. I'm going to get turn the coin over. I'll get the other side. I'm going to erase that. I'm going to get rid of that one side, put it in the machine. It ain't going to work. You, my brothers and sisters, again, maybe a silly example or a silly illustration, but you cannot, it, it doesn't, they don't work separately. They don't work separately. And I will say this also. Grace, to me, is synonymous with Holy Spirit. In my, as I'm reading and studying, I, grace is synonymous with Holy Spirit. Grow in the grace, the Bible tells us. The Bible also tells us, be ye always in a position where you're being filled with Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? To the degree that I understand the things of God is the degree that the, the Holy Spirit is in me that I'm yielding me to Him. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now I want to go a little bit further uh, on the grace thing. Uh, many of you are going to uh, uh, realize this uh, soon because I'm going to read it to you, but you've probably already been there in your studies. We're going to go to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah, the prophet, he receives visions and, and, su- and such from God. Now, in this one vision, he now is uh, pray- he needs the interpretation. So in Zechariah chapter 4, beginning verse 6, the angel of the Lord Jesus appears before, uh, before him to give him the interpretation. Zechariah 4, 6. So he said to me, the angel of the Lord said to Zechariah, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Grace, grace. That, now that translation from the Hebrew is very similar to the translation that we have in the Greek. So New Testament, Old Testament, grace, same. So you see what this is saying. So watch. Jesus said it this way. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you ask this mountain to be that removed and cast into the sea, and it will be, it will be moved. Amen. Amen? Do you see? Okay, my brothers and sisters, watch. Faith. Grace. The grace of God is present and active because of your faith. Jesus says... Let this, you have the faith again, the size of mustard seed, you ask this amount. Okay, so, so is Jesus saying something so ridiculous? Is Jesus using rhetoric to try and make a, a, just this outstanding point? No. Did he mean literally you're going to be asking about? No, he's saying you, you can ask for big things. There are going to be big problems in your life. They're going to seem like mountains that you have to climb, that you have to go across. It's going to be something that's blocking you and it's going to be big and it's going to be imposing and it's going to be something that seems like it's insurmountable. But I'm here to tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and so now we see that in the Old Testament. And what is He saying? What What is the Lord, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Amen? By spirit, activated because of grace, by faith. Amen? Hallelujah. So what's going to break down that stronghold? What's going to break down that mountain? Your faith in God's grace. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, who didn't know that? I've been a Christian since I've been this high. Who didn't know? Why aren't we exercising it? We need to exercise it. We need to get it way down deep so that some of these strongholds in our lives can be broken. We need to... Listen, my brothers and sisters, some of us suffer with ailments. 
And I'm not going to say, well, if you're suffering an ailment, you don't have any faith. I, I'm not that way. I don't believe that. I don't, not for a minute. Or if you're suffering an ailment, it's because uh, this or that or the other thing. Or you're having problems with your kids, it's because of this. It's because you don't have no faith. It's because you sinned. It's because you... No! No! But, my brothers and sisters, what I'm saying is, let's not that thing, whatever it is, be a stronghold. Let's not say, well, I'm just settling for that just the way God wants me to be. No, my brothers and sisters, you don't have to settle for that. If there's a reason for God to allow that, then let's find out what the reason is. If it's just something from the enemy to keep you from your blessing, then let's break it down by His grace and your faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's intercede for our kids. We have the grace of God, right? The grace of God is bigger than anything that our kids are up against. The grace of God is bigger than any lie that our kids are being told right now. The grace of God is bigger. Amen? Let's have faith. Let's join hands. Let's do what we have to do and bind the enemy and break the strongholds. Amen? I'm tired of God's people living meagerly, living like like week-to-week paycheck. No! You are the king's kid. Hallelujah! I got more. Just getting warmed up. So now I'm going to go back to John, John chapter 7. On the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those who believe in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. See, brothers and sisters? Look, again, Holy Spirit, power, we have all the ability by His faith. And I already told you that I believe grace and Holy Spirit are are like synonymous. Jesus is the source. This Spirit is Jesus' Spirit. This, 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 and, and again, my brothers and sisters, you've seen many charlatans through the years. I've seen many. You've seen many. I'm not going to glorify them. But here's what I'm going to say to you. You want to know how you know if they're a charlatan? Is Jesus being glorified? Because Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to glorify me. So if Jesus is not being glorified, then, my brothers and sisters, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's one number one test. That's got to be in your top five right there, baby. Hallelujah. So now let's, let, let's immediately now we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 2. Now remember, Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. Why? Because he's, he's the one that has to bring all of this bad news to, to uh, Judah and, and to Israel. To, to, and, and he's got to tell them, you're messing up and you're going to pay the price. And he's weeping over the fact that he knows that they're not going to... God has given them a warning. They're not going to heed the warning and they're going to pay the price. So that whole book and then Lamentations, I mean, it's Jeremiah, the, the weeping prophet. Now, let me just read to you uh, chapter 2, verse 13. 2.13, Jeremiah. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Do you see the... Is that tracking with anybody? Amen. My people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me. This is the source of the true and the living water. This is the source. This fountain of living water. And see, he's speaking in terms that they can understand. Without water, they couldn't live. Without water, they couldn't keep their livestock alive. They were so dependent. They were an agrarian culture. Without water, they can't grow the crops. If they went through dry times, if they went through droughts, it was catastrophic. So for us, we can't, man, maybe we don't relate as well. I just go to the faucet, turn it on, there it goes. 
If you happen to have a well and the electricity goes out, you turn the faucet on. <gasps> oh my gosh. Right? My brothers and sisters, listen. This, is, this, is so, this should be so impactful to you and to I. So impactful. The two things that my... The two evils. God is calling this evil. They've forsaken me, the fountain of water, and they've hewn themselves out broken cisterns that can hold no water. God, we, we, they, we actually... I think, my brothers and sisters, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm a pastor. So, yeah, I, the world... Mm, but I'm speaking to Christians or people who profess to be Christians. I'm not necessarily just saying in this church, but at large. I'm speaking now to the, the church that we're seeing in modern America. My brothers and sisters, we're leaving, we're leaving the, the, the living water. We're leaving the fountain of living water. And we're setting up these cisterns. See, the true source of all of the things that we, everything, happiness, joy, love, peace, and all of that, we're, we're turning away from that and we're, we're building these cisterns that can barely hold any water because you know what we're doing? We're, we're, built, we're building a cistern that's leaking because in that moment, this one thing brings us happiness in that moment. So instead of, my brothers and sisters, going to the fountain and increasing and always having this source of the living water which brings us joy, peace, lo- love, Come on, long-suffering. All of these fruits of the Spirit and all of the gifts of the Spirit we're going to sell short because in this moment it's a lot easier. It's more comfortable for me to go ahead and maybe compromise with this one or with that one, with the government or whatever because I've got mine. It's so easy, my brothers and sisters. Now, see, I'm going to build this cistern because right now I'm going to hold a little bit of water. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm depending on some rain now. I'm depending on I'm, I'm depending on this other source, something that's not supernatural, something that's natural. I'm going to depend on this other source to keep me going in this moment. And right now, okay, phew, in this moment, instead of my brothers and sisters standing right next to this fount of... My brothers and sisters, has anybody ever had any experience with any kind of springs or spring? Have, have you ever seen anything or on a property? I know, you know many of us have been to like Crystal Springs or we know where they get the Zephyr Hills water or um, we uh, home Assassin Springs. We have some, many springs. In Florida, there's a lot of springs. Amen? But I will tell you, like the property that Steve and I manage, you know, there's a couple of uh, seepage slopes. There's, no matter how dry we get, there's always water running through two places on our property. And it's just seeping out of the ground. It's not necessarily a spring like Homosassa Springs or anything like that, but there's just constantly water. No matter how long we go without any rain, there's just constant flow of water. My brother and sister, I've got to tell you something. If things shut down and it stops raining and you know the government shuts off all the water and they're going to do this, and they're going to have to do something because they're going to run out of it, well, I'm going, I know where I'm getting some water. No, 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 right? And see, I say that kind of halfway funny, but my brothers and sisters, do you understand? The, the, see, see the picture here? We're going to go and we're going to turn on the faucet because it's quick and easy instead of my brothers and sisters going to the source of the true and living water. Amen? Amen? Amen. See, I'm going to go to the faucet. Or, you know, come on. Or I'm going to sit here and I'm going to put out this big pot and I'm going to collect the rain next time it comes. And now I'm praying for rain. Who are you praying to? Come, come on. Come on. Man, I don't, I don't want that to be my life. I don't want that to be your life. 
See, my brothers and sisters, and then those things then become strongholds in our lives because we've put in that cistern and we've got just enough of a return to kind of keep us going until the next paycheck. And I don't mean that literally. You know what I mean. We just we, we got just enough to get, get us to that next fix or that next whatever or that next good happening or that next family, or whatever it is. That next thing that makes us happy, that next thing that brings us a little bit of joy, that next thing that brings us a little bit of comfort, that next thing, we're just there. We're just pasting it together. One of the conversations that we had yesterday as we were recapping everything that happened with uh, Karen Share, um, you know, one of the folks had said something about, uh, because our goal in this is to change lives, not just to continue to facilitate people where they're living and how they're living. We want to feed them. We want to make sure that they're taken care of. But we really want to make sure that they're steered toward Jesus and that they could actually uh, have an impact on their life spiritually. But one of the, the, the persons uh, spoke and said right now that they're living from to survive. What do I do? What's the next action that I take to survive? Right? Isn't, Terry? Jody? My brothers and sisters, if we're, as Christians, if we're living that way, we're not born again. And, and I hate to just put it that bluntly, but my brothers and sisters, I have to. I'm not living day to day wondering, oh, you know, am I going to survive? Is God going to take me out? Or is the devil going to take me out? Or, or what's going to happen? Listen, it's easy for me to say, maybe, because maybe I'm in a different season than you. But my brothers and sisters, that's no way to live. Because when you're living like that, you have no faith in the grace of God. Amen. Hope. No matter how bad it gets, I always have hope. Why? Because the grace of God is bigger and stronger than anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And either that's true or it's not. And if it's true, then I've got to go for it. I can't live like it's half true. What, what, is he, what do you mean by that, Tony? I'm not going to say, well, yeah, I believe it's true, and then I'm building a cistern. Because me building the cistern is, you know, my, my mouth may be saying it's true, but my actions are saying I don't really believe it. Anybody building any cisterns? I didn't ex- expect to see a lot of hands going up. I have, I have, I've had some cisterns in my life. Hallelujah. I, I don't want to do that anymore. When, I, when, when God has, has, has brought us these messages about breaking down strongholds, but prior to that, remember where we were, the blood of Jesus. We have everything. Because He paid the price. So the first the first real act of grace that I see as a Christian is God Himself taking a body and, and letting men, that at any moment He could have stopped it, but letting men tear Him up, beat Him mercilessly. It says, listen, it says that they beat Him so badly He was barely recognizable. Let Him be, and spill out His blood. That's the first thing, the first act that I see where God's grace is, is shed upon me. God's grace is toward me. His favor his power, everything. He's determined that toward me. Yes. Hallelujah. And then I see, my brothers and sisters, that I see the, the ultimate, the culmination of all of that He said and done when that third day something happened and my brothers and sisters, that body that went into the tomb, totally dead, spilled out all of the blood, that body came up out of that tomb alive. Grace. Power, the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead now resides in you and in me. My brothers and sisters, I am not. Go- I don't know about you. I'm not. I'm tired. I'm not settling. 
I'm not settling. I'm not putting up the cistern and hoping it rains. We need to live by the living water, the fount, Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Is this meaning anything to anybody besides me this morning? Hallelujah. No more settling. No more. That's why I think, my brothers and sisters, it's so important for us to get together, for us to pray together. Why? We're doing exactly what the Word says. He's told us that when we come together, my brothers and sisters, the power increases exponentially. One could put a thousand to flight to two thousand. No, ten thousand. My brothers and sisters, when we come together and we bind, but my brothers and sisters, again, don't have a cistern over at the house and then you're coming in here and then we're going to bind up and, 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 and go to the fountain. You can't do both. I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not doing both anymore. How about you? No, no, no. I'm going to the fountain. I'm going to the living water. No more cisterns. No more cisterns. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I want to I just say, I'm, I, I'm almost done. Bear with me just for a couple of more minutes. I'm going to read to you. It's not going to be up on the screen. Just, I'm going to read this next one to you. In Jeremiah 23, uh, verse 16 and 17. See, and this is part of the issue in the modern church, and I always have to go here, but I want to encourage you. Okay? 23, Jeremiah 16 and 17. Do not listen to these prophets when they prophesy to you, filling you with futile hopes. They are making up everything that they say. They do not speak for the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise, despise my word, don't worry, the Lord says you will have peace. And to those who stubbornly follow their own desires, they say, no harm will come your way. My brothers and sisters, why am I saying that? Because I'm seeing so much of this in the church. Hopefully not our church. Hopefully you don't go home and read the Bible, interpret it your way, or say, yeah, but it doesn't mean this. I'm going to tell you honestly, my brothers and sisters, when I see this, when I see scriptures like this, and we see, my brothers and sisters, the history, the history that God had with His people in the Old Testament. That What happened in the natural is now happening in the supernatural. In the Old Testament, it was happening naturally. It was, it was illustrations for us. It worked as, listen, lessons for us. And now we understand supernaturally that we are God's people, my brothers and sisters. And listen, we don't listen to any false teachings or false prophets who, oh, my friends, your blessing is right around the corner. All you got to do is get this mind right, think positive thoughts, and you will be blessed. And, and you already are blessed. If you're waiting for the next car, if you're waiting for the next lottery number, if you're waiting for anything, I can't help you. In fact, don't want to help you. If you want to get closer to Jesus, if you want to understand His Word, if you want to go to the fount, that same fount that I want to stand very close to, come on, let's do it. But all of this other stuff, and then to go ahead and despise the Word, well, I only like the, I only like the red letters. Because that's what Jesus said. I'm just going to live by the red letters. All Scripture. How much? All Scripture. Second Timothy. All Scripture is breathed by God. Not just the red letters. So some of that stuff that you wish wasn't in there, it's there. We have to deal with it. Amen? And look, here's the deal. 
Here, this is the but by God's grace, you can deal with it because you're not in it alone. His grace says that you and He are partnered together. His grace says that you are standing next to this fount. There's a fount of living water that you will never thirst again. There's this fount that's going to satisfy. I want that fount. I want to live. I want to be in. I want to. Come on. Can is any say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, bottom line here is if, if, if we're going to have these strongholds broken, we're just going to have to be fanatics. I'm telling you, if, if you're not going, if you're, if, listen, if you go the next couple of weeks and no one does a double take at you, you're doing it wrong. And I mean for the good stuff. I'm not talking about that other stuff you do. You understand what I'm saying to you? Do you understand? If someone, if someone said, what's, what's going on? What happened? What happened? I got closer to the fountain. This I, I, I know that I know that I know. This is true. God loves me. I'm His kid. And by His grace, through my faith, it's done. Amen? Amen. Stand with me, please. Go ahead and put that psalm up for me. The psalm. That last psalm, Kason. My brother said, I'm going to read this, and the reason why I want to do this, I'm going to conclude with this, and, and, and this, let this be our thought, our prayer. I really want to let this be our thought and our prayer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will, ca- I will call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Hallelujah. This is the Word of God. This is true. My brothers and sisters, let this sink down. Let this be what you believe. Let this be, my brothers and sisters, let this get down on the inside of you. Let this be what when you wake up in the morning, let's remember He's my stronghold. Let's remember He's my provider. He's the horn of my salvation. No, it means everything I need, everything about comes through Him. Everything. My brothers and sisters, amen? Amen. So God, here we are in your presence. Father, your word is everything to us. And in this moment, Lord, I pray that whatever we don't understand, that Holy Spirit, will you bring to our understanding, that we would be our teacher and our guide. And all of these things will be realized in our lives. Lord, not just so that we have an emotional response, and Lord, not just that we understand it intellectually, but Lord, let this be so real to us that we can't help but to speak it and to live it. Lord, help us to live it. Lord, thank you for the, the, the measure of faith that you dwelt, dealt excuse me, to each of us. And now I pray, Lord, by your power that we would grow, our faith would grow. And Lord, that we would do what it is your word. The word that you revealed to us, Father, give us the power to do it. Father, we desire more of you and we desire to please you. Lord, we receive your blessings. We accept your blessings. Thank you for healing, Lord. Lord, I speak to everyone under the sound of my voice right now. Not my words, Lord, but your words. Father, by faith and grace, Lord, we receive your healing. Father, spiritually and physically. Father, please minister healing to our physical bodies. Father, those of us who have been suffering with some ailments for a long time, Father, we lay them at your feet now and ask, Lord, that you bless us. We believe in you. We trust in you, Lord. Lord, there are challenges that we're having with our children right now, even now. 
Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would bless our children. Lord, that you would put angels around our children. Lord, that they would no longer be believing a lie. Lord, I pray that you would convict their hearts. Lord, I pray that the seed that's been planted will grow into a plant. Father, that they would they would be strong mustard trees. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that their faith would rise and they would become young men and young women after your own heart. Hallelujah, Lord, for all of our relatives, Lord, that think we're crazy. Father, we ask that you would bless them. Father, that you would reveal yourself to them in a very real way like never before. Father, for those who think they know you, Lord, we pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a real and a mighty way, Lord. Let those who think that they're saved, Father, let them truly have a spiritual birth. Hallelujah. Let them be born again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now, Lord, let us be salt and light. Let us be salt and light. As we come away from the fountain, as we, as we draw from the fountain, Lord, let us now pour into those around us. By Your Spirit, with Your help, always. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would like to pray, please don't leave here. Come up, let's pray. We'll pray about anything and everything. Whatever you want to do, let's, let's, let's bind and pray. I want to say one more thing. If you're still watching... If you're not sure if the Lord was to split the sky this afternoon, if you would go to be with Him, be sure. You can be sure before you leave here. If you're watching, man, you just have to receive Jesus. That means you receive His life, His death, everything that He is, and that you now determine. You don't ask Him to come into your life. You give your life to Him. That means you believe that He is God, and now you'll walk according to the principles and precepts that He's demonstrated for us. In His name. Amen? Amen. If you're here, come. Let's pray. Become born again. Amen? God bless you all. Love you all. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. See you Wednesday if Jesus don't come. If He does come, see you Wednesday, but a different location.